Hey guys, Deadpool here. Just wanted to tell you about a little event that's happening on March 23rd. Fun for Funs, it's a Journey into Comics Network event. Featuring live podcasts from Bruce with Dudes, Podcastrophy, Dungeons with Dudes, and Journey into Comics. As well as performances by band number one, Boner Jovi. Ooh, that sounds fun. Walk Among Us, Yesterday's Chips. Also featuring live stand-up by comedian Patrick Murray. He's so much fun. Presented by Journey into Comics Network and the Doom Room. North and Pub, Lafayette, Indiana. Doors for three. Podcasts at four with bands at 730. $10. It's 21 and up. Don't try to sneak in, you silly kids. Following, following. following. Is a journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. What's up? This is Tyler from Podcastrophy, and you're listening to the best of the week. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics. Today, I am joined by my very special co-host for this episode. Welcome back for two weeks in a row, Mr. Tyler McLaughlin. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm spectacular. You're uh, enjoying the fruits of my cat. That sounds uh, weird. I, I'm, I'm very anti-cat, but this cat is irresistible. Wicked awesome. She's cute and old. and Old lady cat. She's... she's She's a she's like uh, Betty White if Betty White was a cat. Yeah. And Cammy White. I'm and, gonna call her that from now. And on. was thin. Yeah, she's yeah she's real thin. But uh, today also joining us, welcome back to Journey into Comics, Veronica. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad you're back. Me too. It's been a hot minute. Uh huh. I'm happy to be here. We have a lot to talk about. I'm excited. Lots and lots and lots to talk about, but we brought a couple more friends along for the ride. Also joining us, welcome for the first time to Journey into Comics, Skylar. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> it's good. You're also enjoying in the cat. She's a very nice cat. She's Cam jamming, chosen man. her. telling you. She's been claimed by the cat. And then, of course, also joining us, co-host of Foodies Watching Movies and Gallif Radio. You know her. You love her. Welcome back to the show, Miss Sarah. I lost my strawberry. <laughs> I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I got it. I got it. I lost it in a sea of chocolate. You oh, can have it. now it's more delicious. Me coming in like the Coast Guard, just, just rescuing that strawberry from the chocolate ocean. <laughs> That's what Does I do. that make the fork the helicopter? Uh, yes. I'm a motherfucking it's, hero. It's wow. not just the helicopter, but it's the retrieval basket also oh yeah it's everything all wrapped into one yep okay i love that uh so tyler you're here and skylar you're here in mm-hmm. our world in podland we made the the special special journey the pilgrimage you journeyed into comics we journeyed into the comics i see what you did there. pod, uh, pod comics uh, hell uh, yeah so uh we gotta probably reminisce on that how was your drive up pretty awful Awful's a word. Usually is. Well, yeah. I mean, we we is. left later than we planned, and then traffic trying to leave town was actually just as bad as the bad traffic that I texted you to let you know, oh. hey, we're getting delayed. Um, it took us thirty minutes just to get out of Lafayette, when in reality it should take us about eight. And it's a Friday. And it's a Friday, so it was you oh know, extra that much worse because I I wanted. 
I was supposed to get off work at three o'clock so I could beat a lot of the five o'clock traffic. We were I was gonna get off at three, shower, get ready. You know, we were gonna be on the road by five. We've only been planning this for two months. Right. Um <laughs> so I got quite a bit delayed and then we got all we got into all that five o'clock traffic. Then once I got on the road I thought, you know, we're gonna get like basically to Remington and then we'll be out of the traffic because it's way after five and no that's when it hit we we were going 70 or I, I was going about 80 we went 80 to zero in about 30 seconds oh my gosh and then the entire stretch of that first uh traffic backup there was no reason traffic was stopped yeah you know what it is probably rubberneckers there was yeah. probably something that they were looking oh, no, at no, no there was nothing on the road at all damn it was just open space there was no trash no accident no cop nothing Weird. So, and then, you know, obviously once we merged on to 8094, then it's, good luck, everybody. I'm going to I'm gonna change seven lanes at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a jaunt. <laughs> it's quite a jaunt. Got to drive fearless when you come up here. But mm-hmm. uh, I want to mention real quick that, uh, funnily enough, you left at the perfect time because I was talking to you on FaceTime and mm-hmm. said to your FaceTime, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to text you my address right now. Mm-hmm. And then I immediately started cleaning and forgot to text you the address. And like 40 minutes went by. And I was like, oh, fuck. Did you just lose a strawberry? Get too? that strawberry I helicopter. It. Get I'm it on going. It. I'm on it. I'm on it. Oh, got she it. revived it. I really set up a game with the toothpicks, you see. <laughs> yeah, we're having like this, <laughs> this is all for my ridiculous entertainment. 70s style uh, chocolate fruit fondue thing. I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's jamming. Mm-hmm. I was almost worried a little bit because I didn't know if you took a nap. Like Me? You, like, yeah. Like you like you said, okay, I'm going to send you my address right now. And I was like, okay. So I went in daycare, picked up Ruby, got going on the road. I'm chatting with, with Ruby as we're driving. And I'm like, that fucker still hasn't sent me his address. <laughs> Not a big deal. You know, I'll call him if I need to. Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, you know what? He's cleaning. There's probably a movie on. He sat down, <laughs> kicked back, like, man, I'm comfy. Catch you, catch you heckin' snooze. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, it's Friday, it's Friday evening. Yeah. I would not look down on anybody for taking a heckin' snooze. No, man. Uh, that is not what happened. I just got, like, lost really hardcore in, like, the ADHD of just, like, doing all the things right. cleaning the house and it was like it was kind of a fun game because it was like i had a little bit of work in the kitchen a little bit of work here a little bit of work so i was just pinballing myself bam, bam 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 you know and then when you called me like the reality that you guys were gonna be here set in and i was like i only have x amount of time to right. get all this shit done hyperdrive womp like let's fucking do it and then like i said i was going to change the laundry and i came in here and as i walked around i was like motherfucker oh shit tyler let me do this right now immediately but i didn't allude to that i fucked up i just like kept it cool i was like here's my address i knew you forgot yeah totally. <laughs> it's just part of it. awesome load um but you guys drove up for a very specific reason it's not like we're just like fucking around and and, and while that would be sweet right this was um a pretty badass friday because while listeners are checking us out on monday we got to see Captain Marvel tonight. Mm-hmm. On International Women's Day. Hey. Happy International Women's Day. Thanks. This is like a big special. It's like the <laughs> most ladies we've had on JIC There's a ever. lot more estrogen in this room right now than there is testosterone. <laughs> we are outnumbered. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Get used to it. Even the cat. That's what I was, was, was going to say. The cat. <laughs> Both she's, of them. She's like, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> pet me. But, uh, no, I want to know what you guys thought of Captain Marvel. Like, I, I think we should just, like, really, first of all, I w- here's here's kind of how the breakdown of how I want to do this. I want to talk about things we liked and we didn't like, general over, like, generalization or whatever, and then really review it and, and, and say what we say. So let's go around. I don't know who wants to start, but um, what did you guys I'll think? I'll start. Okay. If you don't mind. Sure, please. Take it away, V. <laughs> it I love it. I story. love it. Do it. Take the lead. <laughs> she just took charge like a fucking game. I'm doing it, motherfucker. I feel like that's how this movie was, too. Do you like my segue? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, Captain Marvel. It was a badass movie. I really liked it. I thought it was really good. I would watch it again. I thought it was, uh, there's, you know, always going to be something that I don't like about something because I'm me. But, honestly, I really liked it. Over general overview, a general overview. I liked it. It was Plus. great. Cool, uh, Tyler. You want to go next? Yeah. Um, Counterclockwise this shit. For anyone that has ever listened to the show or listened to my show, Podcastrophy knows I am very anti origin story. Um, in in my opinion, going to the movie to see an origin story is a waste of a movie ticket and a waste of a movie production, unless it's done extremely extremely well. Um, you know, movies like Ant-Man, fantastic Great origin, origin story. story. Yep. Um, you know, Black Panther got its origin story in um, Civil, Civil War, War, but enough enough went on in Black Panther that I, I don't even need to talk about that. Sure, you know? fair point. Um, I think I heard kind of some spoiler-free reviews yesterday, and a lot of people said that this is the... <clears throat> They compared it to Iron Man and Thor as being, and Captain America for that matter, being the most similar in the way that they've done the origin story. But I think it's the best one that they've done other than the original Captain America. Because, again, anyone that's listened to me talk about it, the unpopular opinion guy, I'm not a fan of the original Iron Man or Thor movie. I think they are both awful. The the first Thor is admittedly pretty bad, especially when they were doing more of the what do you call it, like the Shakespearean talking. Mm-hmm. They were mm-hmm. really trying to drive oh, yeah. the Norse home thing. Yeah, and like I thought once, the first Thor movie blew. <clears throat> once they kind of stripped that away by like Ragnarok, mm-hmm. which really is what it took the the reevolution of Ragnarok. To which really... I think was because they had such success with Guardians. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, totally. absolutely. It totally changed the way that they were going to write the rest of those Marvel movies. I think. But so every every ma- mainstream review that I read, um, as far as the positive points go, I agree tenfold. It was fun. Um, it's the you know towards the top of the best origin stories that I think Marvel has done. I agree, especially with a character that you're either really really familiar with or you're not familiar with at all. Very um, well said. I, th- I think they did a good enough job of. This is everything that you need to know about this character because she doesn't even know very... I mean, she figures herself out throughout the movie. It's what makes it a really good, unique origin story, Absolutely. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the only... Really, the only critique that I have, and it's the same critique I've had for the last couple Marvel movies, excluding Infinity War, I think the cinematography and the editing was shoddy at times. Um, that first act was really, really choppy, and I don't dig that. And some of the CGI was not Disney Marvel standard. I vibe that. Um, particularly some of the the 
parts towards the end of the film where there was a lot of business happening mm-hmm. i guess is the way to say that if she was moving very very fast it looked oh, kind of shoddy. shoddy yeah but but not enough to make me say you know what don't spend 90 dollars to go to the movie and see this you know that's kind of my shtick yep 10 dollar movie ticket 90 to, or 80 dollars in concessions easy <laughs> so especially if you buy two popcorns you're right. fucked oh yeah totally yeah. fucked skyler what are your opinions on this movie uh, I thought it was a good movie, and I haven't seen very many Marvel movies, so... That's what Tyler was saying. Let's talk about that for a second. So you just recently saw Infinity War? Yep. And it was like a game changer? Mm-hmm. It was a very good movie. Okay, so what did you like about Captain Marvel? Um, well, um... I can scoot closer to the table. I know. She's Maybe covered by a cat. She's been claimed, remember? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, we're just like... Can't Sorry. Um, you know... It was a female character, and I thought she did a very good job. I had some of the action shots were kind of crappy. Not crappy, but I don't know. They were just... Not as good as you've seen with everything yeah, else. Yeah, like... Having um, just watched Infinity War. Yeah, yeah. So the, that was really good, but um, I thought it was a good movie. I liked it overall. Yeah. Sarah? <clears throat> uh, it was fun. It was... had a lady. It was she was good. Had <laughs> 90s music. Uh, yeah, we had things to say about the soundtrack. It, we can talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We can talk about that in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I always have something to say about that. But, I don't know. I liked it. It was... Um, it felt like your standard Marvel movie to me. I don't know. I hate saying that. But I get... <laughs> like... It just felt like the same kind of thing. You know? It felt... This one felt a little bit like uh, the first Ant-Man movie to me. Mm-hmm. 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 It okay. had that kind of a, mm-hmm. uh, if I could put them in their own mini genres of Marvel movies, mm-hmm. I would put it in with that one. I like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was all right. I liked it um, for what it was. Yeah. I felt this movie did a really, really, really good job of making you, the audience, like, be in Carol Danvers' shoes because you don't know what the fuck. You're dropped into this world at the start of the movie and you're just like, who are these people? Why are we here? Like, I need some deposition to understand where we are in the story. So they really, they just kind of like throw you in this universe and then they back build it. Mm -hmm. And through so through the whole movie, pieces, chunks of Carol here and there and here and there and you're getting parts of the story here and there and you kind of, you're starting to chronologically put together what actually happened and by the time you figured it out, they're telling you on screen almost succinct, like, this is what happened. What you thought happened, happened. And and this is why she was lost and everything. So I also think it did a really, really great job of throwing me for a little bit of a loop. My expectation as a Marvel comic fan, the scroll are the worst of the worst. I mean, Secret Invasion is a, a storyline very near and dear to my heart. And their invasion of Earth and the decimation of the Avengers. And, the, I mean, that's a whole... Literally, Secret Invasion is what I think they're building to, but we can get into that later. Uh, this movie just did a really great job of setting her up to be standout. Mm-hmm. Like, Captain Marvel is across the board now standout. She's different than anything we've seen before. It's almost as if Nick Fury should have paged her a little bit sooner. Well, and I think he was really <laughs> driven home. I th- and, and, and you know what? You're, you're not wrong, but I, I no, I, no, I, I'm not. Again, <laughs> no. You know, there was a lot of uh, conjecture, and a lot of people said, "Well, first of all, we didn't see this in the movie, but they said Carol Danvers could time travel." 
she didn't do that in the movie. So maybe that's something we see in Infinity or in, in Endgame. Who knows? I don't know. I just finished seeing Captain Marvel, which I believe you listened to during the comics uh, yesterday's episode. They'll, you'll hear all about their review because... Um, Nate, Sarah, Veronica, it's Tyler, and Skyler all went and saw it. So, listen to the review there. I definitely enjoyed the movie, but I'll let them talk about it. But while I was there, I would I noticed something, something that's been I've been kind of mulling over in my head since um, since I saw it, and um, or since really just since I've been working and kind of being out in the world. And that's this is kind of why I decided to change course for this week's episode. In the past, I've done uh, I've done a poll, and then the winner of the poll, depending on votes, was the next week's topic. Last week, I didn't do that just because my life got really hectic. I didn't get a chance to get a uh, a podcast out there, so I try. So I decided on this one to do something a little bit different. And yes, indictments, which was the winner of the poll that ended uh, yesterday or today, as you're as uh, ended yesterday as you're listening to this. Uh, was the winner was indictment, so I'll be talking about that uh, next week. That'll be episode ten. I feel like that's a good, powerful episode ten. But this week I decided to kind of stick one of my own topics in there, and it's going to be on customer service, which is not something you really think would be a good topic. But we're around it every day, regardless of where you even think about it. Long are the days of every interaction being a personal one we're moving into kind of a new a next step which seems to be a computerized interaction for what used to be common customer service interactions with people and i noticed like just today i'll use today as an example of what i've done so i just got back from captain Marvel, like i said all i did when i came to the theater so i came in i have i go amc theaters i'm an a-list Member, which I recommend if you have access to an AMC because 20 bucks a month you can see up to three movies per week the same movie three times all three in one day if you really plan it right but definitely recommend that but getting back to what I said so get to the movie theater I purchased my ticket online so I didn't have to purchase a ticket so I had the ticket on my home so I don't have to go up to even get it printed so I go up they scan my phone I show them my ID because I'm an A-list person I go to the up the escalator because it's uh, at a mall, so main level is like the box office. And there's my furnace, as you can hear because I'm in the basement. So you have the box office, and then you go upstairs. This is where the theaters, the screens are, the concession, the bar, all of that. Because it's AMC, there's a bar. Good to have a drink, but super expensive. You thought the popcorn was priced until you had a $9 beer. So, how it used to be when I was a kid growing up, went to a Carasota's theater and then it became an AMC much many years later but that used to be you'd go in be person at the box office you bought your ticket gave them your cash you walked around went to the concession stand told them what you wanted and they would give you your popcorn you know they'd pour half of it in butter it pour the other half on it in butter it again and then you had a really buttery popcorn great for me and then they would fill up your drink at the machine and then hand it to you that's all kind of gone away. Now, when you go up to a movie theater, you go up to the up to the screen, 
uh, eat up the area, go in line for your concession stand, and they give you now empty cup, butterless popcorn, in whatever candy, other concessions you might want. And then you go over to a self-serve butter station, you butter the top layer of your popcorn, so by the time you get halfway through it, you're now butterless, which probably is healthier, but if you like buttery popcorn, you end up having just regular popcorn by the end of it. And then you go to a... I have a lot of these I've seen now, and it's one of those uh, touchscreen Coke machines. You go in there, you pull your eyes, then you touch the screen with what drink you want. You can get the regular, you can get like one with like cherry, orange, vanilla, all those fun flavors you can get added to it. I can get like lime Mr. Pib because it's a Coke machine, and why would you want that? It's just like you see the ad for the orange vanilla Coke, which just sounds disgusting. I'm not a vanilla cola person, just not, not my thing. It's... If I'm going to have something sweet like that, I'd rather have a root beer. But detracting. So you fill your machine, and then that's your interaction. Then you go take your seat. And really, you can even get away from doing that. With the AMC, you have an option to order your concessions online and have it delivered to your seat. So the only interaction you have for the movie theater is you go in, scan your ticket, go sit down in the theater, and then five minutes before the movie starts, someone will come by, hand you a drink and your popcorn, and you're good to go. You don't have to really interact or talk to anyone. You can even just nod as they hand you your stuff and then be on your way. And I think that's kind of something that's sad. Like, we're exposed to so many... So, like like I said, I was going to go through my day. I don't want to get ahead of myself. So, before that, I went to... I was at a department store. It was a, a Menards. And that one... At least, Menards is kind of a bad example because there is no self-service at Menards. At Home Depot and at... Well, at least Home Depot there is. At Lowe's, there's not a self-checkout if I'm a member, right? I've been to three different department stores this weekend because I'm currently in the middle of remodeling my laundry room and we've got the tile in, the trim in, painted, got a new uh, utility sink or a muck sink in there, and then the new washer and dryer getting delivered on Friday, so that's exciting. But So I was, I've been at a lot of hardware and home improvement stores this weekend. So went there... Um, so as a bad example, you go in, you look for what you want, get your stuff, and kind of get out there. And you do have an option to, even there, even at home improvement stores, to order online and pick up at the store. Like, you can do it at pet stores, you can do it there. I, like, I ordered stuff on Chewy recently, ordered some bedding for my bird, because doesn't I have a bird now. And, yeah, you can order, reduce whatever you want, and have it delivered to your door. It's the, the Amazon effect. Amazon is ruining these, like, big box store chains, so we're really not having access to personal interactions anymore. You could really... You can get groceries delivered through your... Uh, through, like, your local, like, grocer. Like, Jewel will deliver food to you. The Jewel is the closest grocer to me. If uh, you're not from the Midwest, Jewel Osco is a chain. It's kind of like... Like a Schnucks or a Kroger or a Hy-Vee. You know, I might be naming all Midwest chains. But, like, a, like a Walmart supermarket where you get groceries or a Meyer. Like, there's a ton of options. And I think you even do that with, like, Costco. Like, I've done a lot of the buy online pickup and store because it actually saves you some money. Usually, like, um, it'll save you either a few percent or there'll be no, like, collecting fee. And then it's nice. You go in there, you tell them you had an online order, they bring it out to you. You already paid, so you don't have to pay anything. You just sign a paper and you're on your way. Like, I think we're losing a lot with that. Like, and I know a lot of this is businesses trying to limit staffing to save themselves some money and 
help improve uh, their own business, their own bottom line. So, obviously, if there's three people on a register and a dozen self-checkouts that are always empty, but the three person, the three ones that are manned, always have a line on the street. If you only have, like, five things, you're always going to go to the self-checkout. Like, if I'm at a grocery store or a Target or something and I only need to get two things, I'm not going to wait in the line for the three people getting their two weeks worth of groceries. I'm going to go to the self-checkout or I'm going to go to a one of those fast lanes where it's just, you get it, you get out. But I feel like we're kind of missing some of that. And I kind of wrote a few things down. Um, yeah, I'm kind of still in the self-checkout, self-service movie theaters, but... Yeah, I feel like we're missing something by not actually having the access to it. Like, you used to be able to make small talk, actually have personal interaction. I know, obviously, all of us have day jobs. If you don't, good for you making money and not having a day job. But for, like, the other 90% of the world... Um, that have date well nice of like the US really working age over eighteen, just kinda of rambling here. Have like day jobs. So obviously you interact with people at your day job, you have friends, you talk to that, you go about that your day and all that fun. And maybe after that you really don't want to deal with another person. Like before it was like I've had my before my job now, which even then it's less some some customer service because I've gone on job sites I had to communicate with the customers of a product we're installing. But my two previous jobs were that I worked for an LED sign manufacturer as a help desk engineer, which is kind of a fancy title for tech support. So I worked with customers to deal with software issues, and I worked with sign companies for like doing field service work for like other troubleshooting. So I was kind of a multi-purpose tool. But in the and then before that job, my first job that I had was I did text or I did uh, fast food. I worked at McDonald's. Nate and I have talked about it before. That's one job both had in common, both in Central Illinois. So and I did a lot of I did lobby cleaning. I did like grill, but the lobby cleaning. So I was always interacting with people because you have to always kind of be on. You can never be rude. You can never act out. And. Sure, maybe going to automated service. Like, you know that, like, some McDonald's now have the LED touchscreen, so you don't even have to order from a person to register. But that's just going to make it so eventually that's what it's going to be. There's going to be, you're going to come into a McDonald's or go through the drive-thru. You'll probably, it's probably going to go to the drive-thru next. It's going to be, you go in, you touch the screen, you put in what you want to order, you drive around. There might be a, like, an ATM-looking machine that you slide your money into or swipe your card charge for you go to the end and then someone hopefully be a person would hand you your food that's prepared in the back by actual people but there could be a world in the not too distant future where that's a possibility where you all fast food restaurants will be little boxes you got three people inside cooking and you got screens running everything else and if one of those goes down you have to be the guy who has to go out there and write stuff down by hand and cause a big blue while people are complaining that it was faster with the machines because we're getting so used to immediacy now. Like, obviously, like I said, if you would you want to wait in line for two things at a grocery store, you want to go to the self-checkout to pay for those two things, or go to the quick line. You're always going to choose that because you believe your time is valuable, and it's if you don't have to wait, you're not going to. But it's all it's leading to the fact that soon that's what all will be. And if, like, oh, you go there, item doesn't scan. Okay. Usually there's, like, one person who's there kind of manning, like, Oh, you bought alcohol. I have to go in. I have to see your ID. I have to punch in a code. Get you on your way. Or uh, you have a coupon that's not working. They'll go in. They'll 
override it, but eventually it's just going to be a basically a tech support person who's going to sit there with a bank of self-scans and just running from one machine to the next as people have problems. And I, I've, I've, I've always liked self-checkouts. I've used it, but you see people complain like, like people make memes about like uh, I'll uh, still waiting for a W two from Walmart for all the uh, checkouts I've done this past year or um, others like that. I don't. I'm kind of having trouble thinking of a couple other examples, but it's true. We've kind of trained ourselves into eliminating other positions without even meaning to. Like it seems so appealing to do it this way. Like oh, I don't have to go. Like, I'm not going to go wait in a line for 20 minutes just to have an interaction with other person. I'm just going to go here, scan myself, get out. And then eventually, the people that you actually look for a doctor, like, there was... Before I moved to my house and I was in an apartment, there was a jewel I always went to, and basically every time I'd get there, it'd be the same guy I was working with. We had a rapport. Like, we didn't know each other, but we knew enough to be, like, more friendly than you are with a typical person. So enough that you can make more than small talk. You're like... Like, it's probably typical um, passerby talk, but it's still, it's, you know, it's not weird. It's not purely professional. It's like, oh, hey, how's this? That, that. Or they'll make comments about what you're picking up. Or, like, like, I've had people, like, I've picked up, like, random things, and they'd be like, I want to see how you're putting all this together. I'm like, well, these are all not going in the same recipe. I don't think peanut butter pasta, triple uh, A batteries, and a can of Monster are really going to help are going to make a delicious treat. And Nate, don't get any ideas you're listening to this. I don't want you to make a recipe with monster peanut butter and pasta. Maybe with chicken. Maybe if you, like, sautéed it with the monster. Ah, don't get any ideas, Nate, if you're listening to this. No. And speaking of that, I'm going to take a drink, Bake. And as Nate would say, this is Curtis. Uh, shout out to Poor360, which is started listening to you right now. Water. The drink of champions. H2O. Yeah, it's a little late. I'm a little tired. So I'm a little... It's... Also, this is the first episode post the time change, so... Couldn't fall asleep much last night, and then getting up this morning was like trying to wake the Crypt Keeper. But... So, I'm managing through, but it's getting late, and I definitely want to get out your episode. So, speaking... So, we've talked about fast food and how that's all automated, to how we even treat the people when we actually have to deal with a person. Like, my... I had a recent experience at the DMV, which is usually followed by groans because no one likes going to the DMV. But I've really never had a bad experience. The I've been to the DMV twice, sorry, three times this year for the same type of reason. So first time I went, I went back home because my car was in my parents' name under their insurance and as a married adult, wanted to get that taken care of. So as, as you listen to this, I am officially... Not on my parents' dime in any way, shape, or form. I'm my own man. Hooray for me. Do I have everybody's attention now? We have not talked about this yet, guys. And let me... Let me tell you that some shit has happened. It was insane. We are probably on the precipice of Attitude Era 2.0. Um, whatever it is, the the reality era, I guess, maybe, is what they're going to call this, possibly. Uh, but here's the deal. 
So there was a little bit of back and forth on Twitter. You guys know what's been happening. Rhonda and Becky Lynch have been going back and forth insulting each other. So Rhonda uh, called out Becky Lynch's fake prison photos in a hallway. And then uh, after she did that, there was a long string of things that happened. Becky responding to Rhonda saying, keep that F word out of your mouth and concentrate on getting better at this business instead of trying to remain above it. Looking forward to seeing you real soon. And she photoshopped uh, Ronda Rousey's face on Tommy Wiseau. Ronnie Wiseau is what's on the on the door. And it says, what is line? And then Ronda says, F word? You mean fake? Fake like your nonsensical BS armbar that doesn't even work and just looks like you're holding the dick you wish you had? And then she posted a picture of... Uh, Becky with the arm bar and on Rhonda and uh, it does it, it kind of looks phallic I guess you could say well here's where shit just flips and this is where wrestling again the reality era possibly this is very important to note we're going to go on a little long string of Ronda Rousey talk right now because I think it's very important to address this and what happened with this we, we kind of got through some of the the quick return news is my cat decides she's going to make some sort of crazy noise. Um, so Ronda Rousey, you know, again, says F word. You mean fake like your nonsensical BS arm bar that doesn't even work. It just looks like you're holding the dick you wish you had. Becky responds, huh? It does look exactly like one now that you mention it. And she retweeted the picture. But where Ronda's fist was, she put Travis Brown's face. Now, for those of you who aren't... uh more in on the behind the scenes stuff or don't know about the MMA world or UFC or any of those things. Ronda Rousey has been with for a long time Travis Brown, now their husband and wife. So Travis Brown's face supposed to be the dickhead as it were. Huh, it does look exactly like one now that you mention it a dick. So Ronda respond, okay? And Ronda's response is what starts the the evolution of her heel character. And we're going to get into that, too, as well. So, Rebecca Quinn, I don't care what the script says. I'm beating the living shit out of you the next time I see you, Ronda Rousey said. So, she called Becky Lynch Rebecca Quinn, which is her real name. And, uh, yeah, she <clears throat> she started shit there. So, it was like, what's going to happen when they're on Raw together coming real soon? We got those answers. Oh, Jesus Christ on a Christmas cracker. Fucking ugh, hate that shit. So what did we find out on Monday Night Raw? Okay, let's see what we found out here. Uh, Ronda was talking on... A, oh, okay, that happened too, right? Oh, no, 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 that... that okay, hold on. Sorry. My, our, my little liner notes are out of order for some reason. That one got out of order. Okay. So anyways, Ronda on Raw executed a perfect heel turn. Okay, and uh, this I don't I don't think that's gonna have audio, but uh, essentially Becky was in the ring and she's like, "You, the crowd, think I forgot the time you booed me out of my home state uh, when when they were in L.A. and you guys are Fairweather fans and you just jump on the damn bandwagon and all this stuff." And then she uh, she said, "I'm not your dancing monkey, not anymore. Damn your fantasies, damn the man, screw the work." Screw the woo and no more Mrs. Nice Bitch. And she went 
off and started beating the fuck out of Charlotte for a second, but then turned her focus to Becky Lynch, where she started throwing real punches to Becky's stomach. I mean, she was giving her the business, as it were, in all kinds of ways. I mean, she was hitting her, tossing her, you know, really trying to hurt her, going back for seconds to hurt her more. You could tell, too, because Becky was like, oh, you know, like, I mean, her reaction was so, like, overly pained and i've seen people in that world get punched by an mma fighter before like steve-o took that punch that one time and uh i think it was steve-o anyways that doesn't matter uh but yeah like it just it just ronda just flipped the script but with that being said um I said that she does this Ronda on the road thing, and she said she really didn't care about this job or the WWE or whatever, and she's like, whatever, I don't need this job, they need me, and this is how it's going to be. Like, we're going to ride this contract out, whatever. So Ronda was doing an interview, and we're going to kind of talk over this interview a little bit here while, you know, it's happening. Oh, thank you for that very loud noise. Uh... The audio, the audience listeners aren't going to actually hear that noise that I just referenced because I'm going to get rid of it because that was fucking obnoxious. So here we go. This is Ronda Rousey doing an interview. Ronda on the road. And she's uh, on the couch. Oh, shit. That's very loud. So tonight we saw a more vicious side of your personality. Is this a side? What the fuck? Do you plan to show more of? Or... Um, it's just that, like, I'm tired of just being here to entertain people, you know? And I'm not taking any more direction or notes or orders, and every time I go out there, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to do, and... They're just going to have to keep filming and cashing the checks I bring in. What else are they going to do? Not accept the money I'm making them? So, Charlotte seemed content letting you and Becky mix it up in the ring tonight. Are you worried that you might be concentrating too much on Becky and not enough on Charlotte? No. I'm not worried. Becky pissed me off the most recently. I promised. You know what? I don't even call her Becky. Rebecca Quinn talked shit about my husband, and I told her I'd beat the fuck out of her next time I saw her. And guess what? I beat the fuck out of her, didn't I? It's been, it's been building up in me since Survivor Series. 100%. Yeah. Because me and Charlotte put on, I mean, it was a hell of a fucking match. And I also want to know. And I took up a hell of a beating. She's got two and people doing her There wasn't a person there right that wasn't completely her. fixated on everything that was going on every single second. Showing we her completely stole the show of the whole card. Survivor Series. And in the same venue where I fought Kat Zingano at home, they booed me out of the stadium. And it was just such a slap in the face. 
I'm just like, you know what? Fuck you people. Fuck all you guys. Like, even Los Angeles. They, they don't have any fucking pride in their own city at all. They don't. Oh, the Lakers are winning now. I'm gonna go for Lakers. Oh, the Clippers are winning now. I'm gonna go for the Clippers. I don't think anybody fucking knows the Rams are there. And the fucking Dodgers got booed out of the stadium at home during the World Series. You know what? That whole city is just a bunch of people who are fucking transplants. They're trying to escape shitty ass fucking Ohio or wherever the fuck that they're from. And they have no pride in LA. And they're gonna come to our fucking games and shit on our teams and say, I'm fucking from Los Angeles. I've been living here for 10 years. No, you're fucking not. So it's been bubbling up in me since then. So tonight when you were um, giving your promo and... It wasn't a promo. They gave me other things to say. I didn't fucking say it. Okay. It's a thing. It's not a fucking promo. It's not an act. I'm not going out there and doing their fucking act anymore. They can say it's part of the act to kind of try to save face to everybody else, but it's not an act. I'm going out there, I'm doing whatever the hell I want, and they can explain it away however they want, but fuck them. Everybody, WWE Universe included. I meant that I'm going to disrespect the sport that they all love so much. Oh, don't break kayfabe, Ronda. Wrestling's it's scripted, it's made up, it's not real. None of those bitches can fucking touch me. The end. Shit. So Ronda Rousey laying down some very, very brutal words, saying some pretty intense shit. Uh, you know, essentially she said she loves this job. She doesn't need it. You guys heard in her words ex explaining what she thinks. She said, fuck the WWE Universe wrestling scripted. I mean, she said don't break kayfabe while breaking kayfabe very clearly. Like, it was, um, if this is a work... It is a very good work. And if it's one of those in-the-middle work, shoot, CM Punk type things where Ronda's just like, you know what? I'm a megastar, and I'm allowed to say fucking, and our president says worse, so I'm going to say fucking, you know? Like, if that's kind of her headset, then cool, man. I love it because it's bringing that viciousness back. And we've actually got more expletives coming in the episode that I want to kind of mention. Start and kind of spawn right here ronda rousey and the reality era movement so misha tate says that ronda is legitimately furious about the joke about travis brown being a dickhead uh let's see uh misha tate who used to uh fight ronda rousey in the ufc uh was co-hosting mma tonight and was talking about it and she said uh you know she said about Ronda Rousey, it got under her skin. I know about this. You don't talk about her family. You don't talk about this, even if it's just a joke. She does not have a sense of humor, and therefore shit got real. No, Ronda's pissed. Ronda's not joking. She's not playing games. She's not used to having to play by rules. She's never had to before. Why is she going to now? She's already broken the rule with the F word, saying some things are fake. She's not a company woman. She never has been. And I mean, obviously, then you guys heard the other thing with the, you know, all this shit. So the anti-wrestling rant led to some backlash from her peers and people who are in the industry. I'm going to read some of these people's, uh, you know, uh, 
some of these people's tweets. Charlotte Flair said, can someone please remind Captain Badass here that her last two fights before coming to WWE ended with her unconscious and sobbing in the cage. Four years ago, you were untouchable. Now, not so much. You're a class act, Ronda Rousey. Eye-rolling emoji. Lacey Evans saying, Lord, someone needs to wear the same um, Holly Holm gear and shut her the hell up. Uh, Rusev saying, Ronda's new character is not real. She is playing a badass, but we all know that she ain't in real life. And people are going after her, man. Uh, you know, I think that this, uh, oh, well, it's just, look, Ronda Rousey is a draw, no matter how you slice it. You look at it, she's a draw. She kills it every time. So for her to uh, say, bitches, you got to play by my rules now, because, I mean, really, look at it. What are they going to do, fire her? What's she going to do? Immediately go get a hold of AEW where she can make just as much money and be a different kind of badass. Like, it, it, WWE pigeonholed themselves with this Ronda Rousey signing. Because, yeah, she's the top draw. Yeah, she's the reason that the Fox deal went through and the WWE is now going to be on Fox. So you can't get rid of her. She literally has them by the nuts. And, and the most they can do, the worst they can do, the absolute worst they can do is take the belt off her and take her off TV. Take the belt off her, that's one thing, okay? Taking the belt off her doesn't necessarily delegitimize Ronda or, you know, whatever. Because, again, you've put in this uh, possibility, we're going to talk about that in a minute, for a stipulation, uh, because there was a stipulation added for a, well, yeah. Ronda essentially said that she wanted Becky Lynch to be in the match at WrestleMania too. Um, so they made a Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch match at Fastlane. Winner of that, if Becky won, she gets added. If she loses, she's not added. We'll talk about that in a minute. So, you know, Ronda, uh, you know, plays by her own rules, and you take the belt off her, sure. Okay, but then you can keep it interesting because you have the belt off her. You can give her other views. You can have her go to SmackDown and maybe try to win that title, you know, shake things up a bit, give her a new landscape, whatever it is you want to do. Uh, but then... If you take her off TV, you're just taking money out of your own back pockets. It's literally like punching yourself in the fucking face. It's not doing any good. We're gonna We're fuck gonna the sodomites in, in the... I'm gonna add to that a little bit before I'm done ranting about my care package. This hold on, this is great because you didn't even bring it up. We had been planning to bring this up just to get you. The irate. butterfingers? Yeah. Oh yeah. We were we were planning to trigger the fuck out of you. I spent. And you did it yourself. I spent. <laughs> I spent eight minutes in the gas station. I timed it. Eight minutes looking for original recipe butterfingers. Okay. <laughs> Scouring the place. I, I fucking I dug through that rack of candy. I wanted. I'm surprised you didn't stock up up north because didn't you talk about it on JIC? Well, I did. I happened to stop at a gas station when I left uh, Pod HQ, and all they had was new and improved recipe Butterfingers. Oh. So um, anyway, so we took Ruby to see how how to uh, how to train your dragon, the new one. 
Enjoy it. Opening weekend. It was great. Not as good as the second one, but still fantastic way to end the story. So my dad, it was while my dad was in town. My dad and I are standing in line. Skylar and Ruby went to get our seats. And I'm like, yeah, I want some fucking popcorn because I fuck with popcorn real hard. Yeah, and I was like, I got to get some fucking Mountain Dew because I fuck with Mountain Dew. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? Nate told me that they changed the recipe for Butterfinger. I need a fucking Butterfinger right now. So I said, hey, give me some of them Butterfinger snack bites. Didn't even look at the box. Oh, no. Didn't look at the box. Oh, no. I sit down in my seat, inhale my large popcorn by myself like I always do. Yeah. And I've, I, I've, I've bear witnessed. You, I have you've to. witnessed. I yeah. have to. I grabbed that box of Butterfinger snack bites off my little chair tray. And as I'm opening it, I grab one, put it in my mouth, and right as soon as my taste buds register that, hey, there's a Butterfinger in your mouth, my wife leans over and goes, they're the new recipe. <laughs> and I didn't, I hadn't even chewed them up yet. I hadn't even chewed it up yet. I looked down at the box, and in bold fucking red blasphemous letters, <laughs> it says new and improved. And it's not. It's nasty. So I thought, okay, okay. I'll chew it. I'll eat it. I'll even swallow it. And I'll try another one to see if number two is better than number one. Nope. It was worse. I need to try this. I have. Yeah? I tried it just uh, last week. It's not as good, is it? It is not as good. I didn't hate it. But however, however, I would be disinclined to buy another one. That is like the nicest way that I can remember. Remember, okay. So you guys remember back to let's go back to 1997. We were all alive in 1997. We were all I was. We were all um, cognitive, or what's the word I want to use? Uh, We were all aware, self-aware in 1997. Mm -hmm. You guys remember Butterfinger BBs? Absolutely. Remember how fucking delicious they were? Bart Simpson and those Mm -hmm. fucking peanut butter. Round those peanut butter orbs of deliciousness and joy. So you reminded me of the commercial. Oh yeah. Which reminds, which made me think of the old Cheez It commercials. Oh yeah. Or what? It was it was Cheez It or uh, wasn't it the? Are you are you talking the about the Ritz? Yeah. The the Ritz peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Oh, those were just like the most satisfying, like like textures happening. Oh, yeah. It's like you and watch the cheese like, ones were even better. Yeah, it's like watching an ASMR video back yes. in the nineties. So you guys remember like how? How important Butterfinger BBs were to us. I wasn't even a big candy guy back then. I've never been a Butterfinger guy, so... Hold on. But when I... Okay, so... This applies to Reese's Cups, too. Oh, no. Because they changed... (laughs) Reese's changed their packaging about three years ago, and now the Reese's Cups don't taste the same. I just saw they have new Reese's Thins. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is the... Which is that, like... And they charge the same amount as, like, a regular. So now they can get away for, like, giving you less. Mm Mm-hmm. So, so just, just really dive into your nostalgia and remember how delicious Butterfinger BBs were. They took those away from us. The next Butterfinger thing that we got, you know, like six or seven years ago was the Butterfinger cups. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. their attempt at copying the Reese's cup, they are also nasty. I didn't care for them. They are not very good. So here we are, 2019. Butterfinger is still doing its thing. 
It is cornflake, peanut butter flavored cornflakes covered in chocolate. That's a Butterfinger. The inside of a Butterfinger is cornflakes. And it's just like, you know what? I think I'm going to fuck all this up. (laughs) We've been around for a long time. You know what? Let's just change it. A Butterfinger now tastes like, you didn't used to like Butterfinger. You didn't like Butterfinger before. Watch, he's gonna be the one that likes it. Okay, so see, I, it, I it's not that I didn't like Butterfinger. It's just not my favorite. Okay, it's like, it's like a fucking Kit Kat. It's so like, it's not you, my fucking favorite. Your opinion of a Butterfinger before? Now let me just throw this at you. Take that flavor, remove all of it, replace it with waxy texture, mm. a Whopper from five hol- or five Halloweens ago. I almost thought you were going to say five holocausts ago. Okay. <laughs> I, I, was, I was going Whopper from fucking Burger King. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is weird. Five Halloween's old Whopper. Okay. Okay. And a half-eaten... Can I still think about a Burger King Whopper? Sure. Okay. Um, a half-eaten Crunch Bar. <sighs> the peanut butter in the new recipe reminds me of the peanut butter in the Whatchamacallit bar. Yeah, that it, that kind of resonated with me. I, maybe I, I would think different if I had them side by side. The malt, the malt flavor was so strong in the little snack bites that I had that I couldn't taste any of the peanut butter at all. Nate says they took away the stuff that made them unhealthy. To which I say, you know, bullshit. You know, if it's already a candy bar, right? Stop, stop <laughs> trying to make candy bars more healthy for the masses. We already know what we're doing to ourselves. Yeah, we are consenting to what's happening. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> My freedom of consent has been removed. It, it, they changed cereal a long time ago too. Like mm-hmm. either that or it's just like tricks. Like tricks are for kids, and we just don't. It, it, we're it, adults it, now. Yeah, we're adults, and we can't. Uh, see so them. maybe, maybe not only did they change the shape of it, or maybe we don't see the shape of it. And we also don't taste it the same. We can't. Tricks does can't not what, taste the same it as it doesn't. did when I was We can't kid. see why kids love Cinnamon Toast Crunch anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, Cocoa Puffs and Reese's Puffs don't taste the same. They don't taste the same. When they brought back Oreo O's, they're a little bit different too. Did and Count Chocula. Yeah. That really pissed me off. I was a big fan of Boo Berry. They fucked up Boo Berry too. Uh, for the longest time, I, it took me a long time to realize it. And it was just one of those thoughts in my head. That I just mold around every time I thought about it. <laughs> it's weird to say, but I was like, you know, I haven't seen Count Chocula in a while. <laughs> and then, I, and then Halloween happens, and it's on the shelves. I'm like, when the hell did they start doing it only on Halloween? Right. Uh, I guess they've been doing it for a while only on Halloween. So I went and bought six boxes of it only to find that they it was changed nasty. It the fucking recipe. Yeah. So, so did you guys eat the the French toast crunch in the nineties? Yes. Yeah. Do you remember how delicious it was? Mm-hmm. It's not delicious anymore. It's not the same. It tastes like the cardboard. <laughs> That's what it tastes like. There's hardly any cinnamon. Some would argue that tastes like uh, Monocle's pizza. <laughs> and those people are uneducated and they are swine. You know what? Domino's used to taste like the cardboard, and then they re- then they fix their dough. Yep. The rest of it's not so great. I've actually always liked Domino's, even after they before and after. Well, they okay. Changed. See, like, because here's the thing: I'm a like junk food like eating monster. You are. And, and can eat anything. Mm-hmm. Like you, like I, you, you, you are like a connoisseur of 
junk food because you're always bringing in like different flavors of Mountain Dew and chips right and, uh, while still eating healthy food that you made at home <laughs> sure sure so, well, and, and the thing is is that like you, I, I'm fascinated like by new drinks new things and, yeah. and, and of course they're always going to change it and like take all the good things away from us but you know I, I can't say that one of the few things that they ever brought back that tastes exactly as I remember it was high C ecto cooler Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. See, I I didn't get to try it when they brought it back. They brought it back a few years ago for the for the Ghostbusters sequel that they did, and uh, the the best thing about them doing a new Ghostbusters sequel is the fact that they brought back high C ecto cooler, and we ordered the crap out of it, and then we found it at our local ruler, and we just stockpiled it, and until it was all gone, and then just like, and I and I am this guy, just like when I had my very last Mountain Dew Supernova. I drank the last high C ecto cooler in a champagne glass. <laughs> Did you have surge in the nineties? Yes. Does new surge taste the same as old surge? Cause I never had surge in the nineties. It's pretty darn close. It, I've only had it in, 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 in the yeah, newer, in the, in the modern era and see, okay. So there, there's also another thing that's going on around the, around here with all of these things coming back and all of these things of them changing things or like, even things because our taste buds change as we grow. Every five years, your taste buds completely dissolve you know. and regrow. So, like, I never ever liked or wanted to have anything to do with sushi, and all of a sudden it's like, fine, I'll try it. And I'm I'll like, fuck with that. What? And it was the same thing with like uh, sauerkraut or anything like that. Mm-hmm. As a kid, get that shit away from me. And then I like, you know, hey, like, curiosity. Here I am, 25, you know, all 30 years old, taking taking a nibble, and I'm like. Do I want to go home and make sauerkraut? My wife is like, "No, you will not stink up my house." And I'm that, like, "That fermented cabbage is delicious." But what though? if I like it That's now? And it, it, it's the same thing. Surge to me tastes pretty damn close. It doesn't. It doesn't have. I mean, maybe it's because we're not kids. Also, it doesn't give that same rush of uh, having all having a whole night full of energy off of one beverage. Uh, however, shortly after I moved. Uh, to uh, to Indiana. This is like 2007. I found an original Jolt Cola. What? It was at a Big Lots. It was probably 20 years old. It was in a <laughs> it was in a 24 ounce bottle, and I bought one. It was a Sunday. It was a Sunday before going back to work from that from my very first shutdown, and I remember drinking this thing, not uh, have having ever have tried any sort of narcotic. Other than alcohol. <laughs> there are some uppers in that damn thing. I have never felt that sort of caffeine sugar rush high off of a single beverage ever. It was awesome and scary at the same time. I was, I like, trying, I was trying to put together a fan I that like I bought how, at Big Lots also. I like how you're saying <laughs> beverage. And uh, I was bouncing off the walls. I might have said, like, I was saying some crazy shit. I was like... Cloud nine. Was there peyote in it? <laughs> there may have been. I don't know. <laughs> I, if there was, I want some. And I'll see, order a slat of that shit right now. And then, of course, they brought it back later on as like a different beverage. It's not the same. This this was like original Joel Cola. And, you know, everybody from back in the 80s, like, you don't know shit. You, like, Surge ain't shit next to Joel Cola. And I will attest because that <laughs> shit. I remember tackling my girlfriend, who would become my wife, onto the bed. Staring deeply into her eyes and telling her that I was her Salisbury steak sauce. 
I'm not sure why that got brought up. <laughs> get my little book out. Yeah, yeah write that down. Songs. Anyway, speaking of bringing, you know, always having new things, I did bring stuff for us to try. Awesome. So let's 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 get it out. Let's see this. So while he's getting prepped there, I had like, I'm obviously not Brandon's level of junk food connoisseur. Yeah. But I also love it because I almost Ooh. bought one of those when I bought this orange vanilla Coke. It's supposed to taste like a dreamsicle. Kind of does. Hmm. I've had the zero variety. I have not tried the original. I bought one for for, for each of us oh, to try. Oh, thank you. And uh, so, I mean, I knew, I know that there's a show on the network called Brews with Dudes. This is more like Cokes with Blokes. Ooh. Cokes with Blokes. I like it. <laughs> but every time, like, I don't eat very much. Oh, that's not it. <laughs> I try and, like, eat somewhat health-conscious Hold on, let's let's do what Nick does. Hold on, right here. Oh, I thought we were gonna do it in tandem. I'll do it too. Do it too. Let's have a, a chain of them. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh. But every time I see something that I love, <laughs> smell it like it's a beer too. <laughs> mm. You can kind of smell it already. What a pleasant aroma. Yeah, I do. Let's see how the mouthfeel is. Ah uh, yes, canned carbon, like very ooh. acidic. Kind of flat, but very delicious as far as the dreamsicle goes. Yeah, I'm getting dreamsicle for sure. Mm-hmm. For and sure. see, it's like I, I I feel like it's a bit light and it doesn't overpower the fact that it's still Coke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there's still enough Coke in there within its fabric and makeup to to tell you that that this is in fact a Coke, and the flavor is just like mm, right there kicking in the background. You smell it, it hits you, and then you're like Coke, and then it kind of comes back in with the aftertaste of Dreamsicle. There's a um, soda. There's a type of soda that's sold in Europe. It's a German soda. It's called Mezomix. It is orange soda and cola <laughs> blended and then packaged. And it is one of the greatest things that I've ever consumed in my life. You're listening to the Voice of Survival Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Nate Phillips. I love that instrument, and I think it's one of the things that uh, helped save me mentally during high school because I do think that coming home and getting to burn off a significant amount of uh, mental pressure um, by playing drums. Um, was very, very helpful. I also think that I played drums to pre-recorded material. I never just sat and played like my friend Elmo could just sit and shed for hours, and I can't do that. I would have to sit and play to recorded music, which meant that I was, you know, when, when you do that, you become, your tempo becomes regulated, and, you know, you can't get faster and slower, so I think there was also a, like a biometric thing that was calming me down there with my musculature having to be controlled, and uh, it also allowed me that when I ended up playing with industrial bands, then we were playing to tape, I can play to tape really, really well, and a lot of drummers have, a, have difficulty with it because it's actually stopping you from doing all the things that instinctively you would do, which is to speed up when you go to the choruses and slow down. Whereas when you're playing to a tape, 
you don't have a choice, man. You know, that machine is commanding your, your body. So I think that, you know, part of that experience of being able to go home and play drums every day uh, was something that saved me, to be honest with you. Ultra, ultra therapeutic, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we need to make the jump because we don't actually know the answer to this question yet. How do you guys make the decision or what decision is made to go from London over to Long Island and, and jump from, <clears throat> from the UK to America? Uh, it was twofold. One of the problems was that Maggie Thatcher at that point uh, was, uh, I think, the first third of her prime ministership had occurred. And it was pretty obvious that her entire reign was going to be spent destroying England and um, being sociopathic in her relation to the working class and the middle class of that country. And it was and all of the social safety nets were being taken away and everything that made life comfortable and and safer was going to be, you know, pulled away because her whole thing was, you know, this fucking Ann Randy and Ronald Reagan fucking Republican bullshit of like, you know, everybody is pulling themselves up by the bootstraps and all that shit. And my parents didn't like that. And also I had been, you know, in England... There used to be a test called the 11 plus, which you took at 11, which basically decided if you were allowed to continue in high school. Um, they got rid of that, but then they kept these things called O levels and A levels. And, you know, your O level is your first series of tests and then your A level is your second series. And these basically decide if you're going to go to college, what level of college you're going to go to. And that decides, obviously, what the rest of your life is going to look like. And I don't test well, so I had done pretty poorly, and I was going to be getting streamed pretty low um, in my O-levels, and my parents were really concerned about what that would mean for my future, and my dad and mom get itchy feet, and we had been there for long enough that they had decided they wanted a new adventure. So it was, uh, my dad got a job offer from a friend of his that he'd known in England to move to Long Island, and that was what we did in 1983. What was that transition like for you? I mean, that the culturally, I know that obviously growing up and being young and in Africa and then, and moving to to London uh, and being able to kind of transition where you are, it shouldn't seem too hard to imagine. But I feel like there's still quite a few cultural differences. Oh, it was massive. You know, I mean, if you want to know what England looked like, there's a great remake of uh tinker taylor soldier spy starring gary oldman um and that movie is what england looked like you know everything was fucking tan or brown or muted grays and it was like everything was made out of fucking corduroy uh you know like the houses were made of corduroy and the cars were made of corduroy and everything was fucking corduroy and then you know i step off the plane in long island and I'm living in a fucking, literally a picture postcard town. I mean, the ferry from Bridgeport, Connecticut came to Port Jefferson. We had this beautiful main street, you know, with uh, there was fucking animals made out of seashells available at the local shops. And it was hyper color and everything was, you know, like football, like a, like what, like an American football team. Like, just imagine what that looked like to a kid that was used to rugby and cricket. You know, it was just, I was in, and we'd also, you know, at that point by the 80, by 83, we'd absorbed a lot of American culture had made it to the UK. A lot of those TV shows like the love boat and Dukes of hazard and all wonder woman. And, you know, we, so we'd seen that stuff. So it was, 
the culture shock was significant and profound, but it was also a considerable amount of excitement. But it was really rapid that I realized that there was that something fucking didn't smell right in Denmark. You know, like I got off the fucking plane and I go walk into the high school and there's one black kid. You know, and I had oh. left England, which is where my school was full of everybody. We had fucking Jamaican kids and West Indian kids and uh, Pakistani kids and Indian and, and like Indian Indian kids and Japanese kids and, you know, all of the Chinese people, like all of the, not so much the Japanese, but, you know, a lot of the cult, the Commonwealth countries were allowed to just move into England and they did for the opportunities. So, you know, that was how I was exposed to reggae music and, and you know, those cultures and, and those flavors. So my, And the other thing is that, you know, one of the great things about school uniform is that it democratizes everybody because everyone looks the same. So you don't get the social strata of you can't afford this cool clothing or you can't afford this or you don't look like that. So cliques don't really exist in the same way. Uh, as they do here or did here and you know so walking into high school and seeing that all of a sudden what label you were wearing was important and if you had your popped up collar on your eyes odd and sperry fucking topsiders you were a preppy and if you had a iron maiden patch on the back of your torn up leather jacket or jean jacket you were a burnout and you know i was none of those things because i was a you know i was a, just an english dude who had come from a culture where being a swiss army knife was a benefit and i found myself in a place where i was like these people just want to fucking pigeonhole everything so there was there was a significant amount of culture shock in that way but i also think that you know i was having come from england i was smarter than a lot of the people that i went to school with and that's just the fucking that's just the fucking blunt and smart in that i had seen more of the world i had already been to europe a hundred times you know like my family i'd been to germany and italy and france and belgium and all of these because you can it's a fucking ferry ride away back in the day you know now it's a train ride but it was a ferry ride so i was so much more well versed in the world and half of the people if not not even half seven tenths if not more of the people that i spoke to of my peer group had never left long island and you know man there you know it's pretty obvious that i had my experiences of the world had had I had much wider open eyes than most of the people that I was experiencing in my in my peer groups and ancillary people that I would bump into. It's like you came from a literal cultural melting pot, a place where, as you said, everyone was accepted. You were going to school with all different kinds of people from all backgrounds, and it didn't matter. It wasn't important. It was just growing up. Yeah, you come here, and it's definitely not that. Everyone talks like it's that. It's so segregated. You, you know, I love that you brought up the fact that the the cultural difference between um, having clicks based on attire versus not having clicks. So you are kind of that's a stressor that comes into your life all of a sudden. But at the same time, in a lot of ways, I feel like your your coming to America experience also had to be a little bit freeing because you could at that age go. I can be whoever the fuck I want to be. Like I don't have to be exactly like I can be more confident in this way and I don't have anything preceding me, I guess is the way I'm trying to say that. Yeah, it was 
you know, those are difficult years for anybody. So it was very painful to be different. It was also one of the reasons I got rid of my English accent so aggressively was because for a while I was the cool new toy. And then after a while I wasn't and I'd never experienced being the cool new toy ever before because we were just kids in school prior. And most of the people I went to high school with, I'd gone to primary school with. So I'd known them for years um, and we all sort of like, you know, up, upgraded together. Uh, and I came here and I was supposed to go into ninth grade, but I would have lost half of the credit year because I came in Christmas. So they put me in eighth grade. So I would have people to go to ninth grade with because the ninth grade was a school, you know, it was a high school that was separated from our junior high. So there was a lot of feelings of, um, I, you know, I felt ostracized as well as, enormously accepted and wanted and then when the toy wasn't really new anymore it became more difficult and I experienced that um, but you know I'm, I'm fairly resolute you know the English we have an indomitable spirit and I think that I was you know I was up for the fucking challenge but it was hard wearing uh, there was a lot of um, the bends did you know I did experience the bends because there was a lot of of um, there was a lot of things that I had to come to terms with very quickly you know one of them was that I realized that in America the arts aren't nearly as respected as they were where I had come from you know like actors and musicians are legitimately rock stars in that society like it's a completely cool thing to go and be an actor it's a completely legitimate line of work to go into being you know a musician because it's you know they are seen as the cultural movers and over here it was like oh those seem to be childish fucking distractions and i know i was a i was very I, i enjoyed acting considerably in england and i was very good at it and i was getting opportunities that were leading me to think that it was probable that when I left high school I would want to continue acting and I came here and it was you know acting was for faggots honestly you know like that was the thing is that you know queers did art and I stopped acting and I went backstage and became a set designer and that was what I went to college for that was how you know technical theater came into my life um and I certainly you know don't I'm not I don't think that I would have I wouldn't have followed an acting path had I stayed in America, but I'm fairly sure that had we stayed in the UK, I would have I would have maintained acting and I would have continued doing that for sure. I was I was going to ask that question, so that kind of wrapped itself up because getting opportunities and and having a love for it is that something that um, the acting I actually genuinely didn't know this about you, so this is really a cool little extra segue here. But um, was the acting, is that something that you feel like is unfinished business for you maybe that you would like to dip your toe back into that now? I mean, especially being immersed in that whole entire universe of Hollywood, California. No, because one of the things that I cottoned on to pretty quickly as well was that I was, I was, I'm much more interested in telling my own stories with my own voice than telling somebody else's story with something else's voice. Oh, well said. I love you know, that. So that was, you know, when I started writing in high school, in college and really started looking at what I wanted to do and trying to work out what that was, I, I didn't, I didn't enjoy the experience of becoming somebody else. It doesn't, it didn't make sense. It, it made significantly more sense to me to be able to translate my own experience because that to me, there was a level of altruism to that because you could also then help to 
educate people or show people that you know your struggle and their struggle were the same and you could you know like it, it i don't i don't find inspiration in in an actor's portrayal of something but i find something inspirational in a storyteller's telling of their own story and their own struggles you know that to me is how you can inspire people with performance and i've luckily enough found myself you know where i now am strangely performing but it's performing in an entirely authentic way where i don't even i don't have any protections at all it's just simply me hanging out and talking about the music that i'm in love with um so you know i do i do do a show but i don't consider it a performance um, so that was well that said, was the yeah. relation that I had. That was the relationship that I found myself having with dramatic arts. Was that it was, I, I had no interest in telling stories that way. It was too limiting. Again, you like to have variety as your spice of life, which uh, I think has been coming through the story quite clearly. Now you're in high school. You're having the struggles of fitting in. You're now. You said this. I'm curious. You said you were pretty quick to try to shake your English accent. Was that like a th- like a thing that became, I don't know, talked about at your school and maybe put more light on you? Like, man, what's going on, you know? Yeah, there was, you know, the, I was the new English kid and an English accent. You know, it wasn't long before, you know, after we arrived here that my parents and my sister and I worked out that Americans would buy anything from a fucking English accent. Like, we could literally poison you as long as we told you we were poisoning you with an English accent, you would be happily poisoned. So it was, you know, like, this is fucking, this is ridiculous. So there was a lot of like, oh, my God, say this word. And, oh, my God, Julie, come and listen to this guy. And it's the, you know, it is the single greatest weapon that a guy could utilize in order to get laid in this country. I mean, the fact that I don't have it has significantly affected how much fucking poon I have gathered. (laughs) It's time for Brews with Dudes. Ah, juicy. Ah, mm. it's pretty very good. cloudy too. Yeah, you can see through it, but not very clearly. Mm-mm. Um, I was judged by how I'm able to see my hand through the glass. Oh yeah, you can see you can see your hand, but it's not very. You couldn't tell what it is. You can tell that there's something back there. But true. The other one, you could tell that it was my finger through. Oh, totally. Like you could see because it was so clear. It was very clear. Ooh, the Iron Patriot armor. Yes, Ooh. rebranded War Machine. Bum bum bum. Let's see. Let's see what we found out about that. In the comics, the Iron Patriot was an alias used by Spider-Man's nemesis, the Green Goblin. Yep. Norman Osborn. In this film, it's a new set of Iron Man armor that bears Captain America's color scheme. Pretty cool looking too. Yeah. Also, if you want to interpreted it this way it's also a tribute to the iron man captain america switch that they did basically mm-hmm. like a iron man made a cap or a yeah captain america suit of armor essentially hmm. so it was red white and blue and this stuff so you can interpret that that way too yeah. i'm sure some of the fanboys agree another fun one uh in one of the scenes where uh happy's walking with uh What's her name? Pepper? Pepper. Pepper? Pepper Potts. When he's walking with her, he, he says, uh, Hey, Bambi. Or excuse me, Bambi. 
uh, to an off-screen person, and that off-screen person is um, Tony Stark's longest-serving executive secretary, Bambi Arbogast. So you don't see her, but she's in the comics. Yeah, I mean, I I've never really read that much into the comics, so I don't know the importance of the Bambi character. But from what I gather, it's a pretty old character. I mean, yeah. this. Hmm. I, and the thing is, is like the the places that we were looking for all these cool Easter eggs and stuff, they had tons of videos for uh, every single one of these movies. Yeah, it was so, great. So I can't imagine. Man, it, this really is just a treasure trove for people who really like the comics. Because it's just, even if they take the liberties to do different things, there's still an incredible amount of, um, incredible amount of just detail and like, like we're looking at uh, a bunch of characters that you think that are only there. You know, they're only there for a minute. They're not really main characters. Like we're looking at the Savine guy. Um, yeah. Well, in the comics. He is a he's Eric a villain. Saturn. He's a he's a guy called Cold Blood, you yep. know. So someone that you don't even think is that big of a deal, if you are into the comics, you see him and you hear their name and you're like, oh shit, oh yeah, that's that one guy. Yep. And unless if you're a, basically a comic book nerd, you wouldn't know that Eric Savage is like, oh wait, Cold Blood, wait, what? Oh, oh. It's it's interesting the uh, the liberties that they take. With the characters and kind of you know, squish them around, um, like who's that? Jack Taggart. He was uh, what was he? He was one of the extremists. Yeah, he was one of the people that. Uh, it's essentially what Iron is what they portrayed as the Inhumans mm-hmm. that uh, they gained powers through other means, and these people just combust like they. Yeah. Something happens and their body just it, they just explode, scorch everything within like twenty feet of them. There's a name for them. They're like mutants or inhumans. It's something in that realm, but they don't really touch on it obviously because at the time, Fox still had a stranglehold on everything that was X Men or anything like that. Hmm. So they had to do it without really saying what it was. It it was weird, but. All the nerds got it. There's a whole lot of good nerdy material that I'm I'm learning. Oh yeah, we'll have it's... to do the we'll have to do this where we uh, go through and do some research before we watch the movies. I definitely want to get back into watching them. I need to watch some of the new one that's came out. I haven't seen uh, Dark World. Well, uh, no, Thor Ragnarok. That's I haven't the, seen Ragnarok. I haven't seen Dark World. I haven't seen the first Captain America. I haven't seen Ant-Man. Yeah, Ant-Man's not that impressive, in my opinion. I heard people like, say Ant-Man's that they cool liked because it. it introduced the Wasp, and the Wasp is a cool character. And they're doing an Ant-Man versus the Wasp or yeah, something like, like it's that. It's Ant-Man and the Wasp. And um, the Wasp, I don't know. Yeah. That one's coming out soon, I think. I thought. Yeah, relatively soon. Year. It's supposed to be Black Panther. And then I think think the next movie is Infinity Wars Part 1? Yeah, Black Panther comes out in February, and mm-hmm. then Infinity Wars comes out in May, I believe. So then it would make sense for later on to do the Ant-Man versus, or Ant-Man and the Wasp movie, which would be the second Ant-Man movie. Not entirely familiar with the Ant-Man comics, I'll be honest. Me neither. I'm not sure where that's going. 
I mean, for what it's worth, Ant-Man is a pretty important character. You can change his size relative, you know, on an instant. I mean, that's a big, that, that's a big tool. That's a big, that's useful. Yeah. He could take on the Hulk, no problem. Right. Heart and attack, he has in the comics, from see. what I understand. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Hmm, I think we're just about ready for the next beer. We're yeah. scooch, we're scooching right along. This this might be the first time we've done a two man podcast. We usually got three people. Yeah, nice. That's not cool. too bad. Right on. Not too bad. We're not we're getting nice samples. We're not slamming through. You know. Oh no. Ten to ten to twelve ounces. We're only getting we're only getting about five or six ounces a piece. So I believe the next beer is also from. Brickway. Yes, these are all. All of mine are from Brickway. And, and there's one tonight that Nick Bells. brought from yeah. Bell's. Yes, it was a Christmas gift. So overall, a, I was pretty pleased with the stuff from Brickway. Yeah. Overall, the experience there and the. I don't know. Like I said, they cut me a deal, so that's brownie points right there automatically. Brownie points are nice. I'm gonna get this. Imperial Spiced Stout ready. Get it. <clears throat> yeah. And just like that, we are in. Ooh, ooh. ooh look at that head. Mm. Yeah, that was the worst pour I've ever done. It's hard to do with one hand. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put the mic down. Yeah, probably a good idea. But uh, so up next, we have a Spiced a holiday spiced out called the Imperial Stag, um, also from Omaha's Brickway Brewery. Uh, comes in at a 10.3 ABV. Um, not entirely sure of the ABUs, or IBUs, I'm sorry. However, I have had this already, and I will say it's not the most bitter. It's, it's an ass kicker, though. I will say that. It looks like an ass kicker. It goes down so smooth, though, that it's it's almost like you like it when you're getting your ass kicked by it. You're like, <laughs> oh, yes, more, please. Wow. That is usually... Oh, oh my goodness. No. Uh, okay, it was a party foul, but I didn't really lose that much beer. Is that the first party foul? That might be... With dudes? That might be the first party foul on Bruise with Dudes. Oh, God. God. Oh, Damn my, it. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Uh, all I gotta say about that is sod. Alright, we've done enough fucking around. Let's just drink this beer. Here, here. Ah, uh. uh, yes. Ooh. Hmm. Uh. Hmm. I don't know what to say about that just yet. It's definitely uh. strong. Yes. I think it's a really, really dark red. Yes. Very amber, I guess. Yeah, amber is a good description. I think that's, you know, what they I feel like the spices. It's very spicy. It almost helps not make it feel as much of an ass kicker, if you know what I mean. Mm Mm-hmm. But you still feel it. You're just like, oh, man, this is heavy. It definitely tastes like a Christmas beer. Oh, Yes. It was really the only dark beer that they had to offer. Weird. I didn't see any porters or anything like that. This is the only style that I saw. They're definitely gearing their business towards 
everything people. else in between. They had a bunch of IPAs, I will say that. Really? Why didn't you get any of those? They didn't have any on sale. Damn it. I know. And that was kind of, honestly, that's kind of what I was going for. I was yeah. on a budget. Mm. I understand that. But with that said, I'll bring it up again. They treated me very well. I'm very pleased with how they did business. Right. For a tourist, you know, that's an awesome thing. It's a good way of getting your name out. Like so many breweries try to do. Any, oh, yeah. any you know, anybody, really. I think that's pretty important. Hmm. I'm going to drink some more of this stag. It's got a nice, nice big old stag on the can. Yeah, the artwork's pretty cool. I think on the can actually has a website for the artist of the can and more of his stuff. So I thought that was pretty neat. Um, who is this while we're talking about him? Dave Koenigs. See artist Dave Koenigs full artwork at drinkbrickway.com. Hmm. Yeah, it's not bad. As far as the artwork. It's a bison series, whatever that's supposed to mean. Uh, probably won't have the chance to know because <laughs> I don't know when the next time I'll be in Omaha is. Probably won't be able uh, to figure Shout it out. out to Carissa and Kirsten. Maybe we'll go down there sometime. I don't know. If you're listening, send me money and we'll make it happen. Mm. So, let's, uh, let's try to, let's try to remember exactly where Stanley made his appearance in... Iron Man 3. Okay, we were debating about this earlier. We were debating about this earlier. Where exactly do you think it is? It was at a beauty pageant. But I don't exactly remember... I don't recall that either. I don't recall why there would be a beauty pageant situation. I feel like we're really we're really failing right here. Regardless, it was like, a, it was like the film set setting. They were looking at the screens of different shows that were going on right now and one of them just happened to be uh, oh, the yeah. one with a Stan Lee cameo. He was revealing like a, a number like he was a, a judge in something or I, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, he was, That was the extent of the cameo and it wasn't really much. Yeah, okay. That's exactly what it was. It was because they were, they were, it was one of the scenes where they were getting ready to have the Mandarin come over the way, airwaves and take it over. So yeah, Right, okay. Right. It was just one of those quick things that was... With that Aldrich guy. Okay. Fucking, fucking, fucking Killian. Killian. Fucking Killian. Uh, is it Aldrich Killian? I think so. I think I said it backwards. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't really uh, know. I don't know. So what did you... What did you think? One, one to ten. One to ten? In terms of... We can do it in terms of... Like we did last time. In terms of just a movie. In terms of it as a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. As a movie by itself, it's certainly not it's saving Private Ryan. Probably five or six out of ten. Um, as far as the Iron Man series goes, probably like a four or five because it wasn't. It's not my favorite of them at all. Um, as far as the trilogy as a whole, probably a, still a solid five or six, just because it shows the importance of. Tony Stark is developing. Um, by the end of three, he doesn't want to be Iron Man anymore, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty um, much pretty much still. Obviously, he finds ways of putting on the suit and you know being Iron Man still. But 
Um, as far as the comics go, that time does come to an end. And I'll say this too, so does Steve Rogers as Captain America. That comes to an end too. Um, whether Marvel slash Disney decides to do it in the Infinity Wars, I don't know. But I could see that as a, a decent possibility considering they both do kind of stop being their superhero character slash die. They pull the Game of Thrones and just start killing off all their main people. I mean, what else? What more do they have to do? No, I mean, we're, we're deep. We're deep now. Oh, like, yeah. You can't we're keep, past balls deep. You we're can't like, keep doing Iron Man movies. You can't nope. keep doing Captain America movies. Probably not. Probably not. I don't know. Some people might disagree. Some people might be willing to take this to the end of days. I think they're more willing to do cameos anymore. Yeah. But also think of it this way. There's a whole bunch of different sets of Avengers. There's Avengers with Spider-Man, and Wolverine's one of them. The Fantastic Four is in it. Um, that's the one of them where they're fighting Doctor Doom. He's one of the big guy villains. Um, Doctor Doom. I think like Daredevil and or no, I don't think Punisher's one of them. I did just finish up the Punisher. Oh yeah, the the, the Netflix yeah. series. Yeah, it's dope. It's real good. It's real. The final. It's real. Brutal. The final episode. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Loved it. Scraping old boy's face against that glass. Take it, bitch. Loved it. You're not so pretty anymore. (laughs) Join us in a new podcasting adventure where we will journey far and wide to worlds, planets, territories, dungeons. I'm Nick. I'm Dave. And this is Dungeons with Dudes. We're feeling nice and loose. This is our third session of the day. Hour number three. Episode number three of the Death House. Dungeons with Dudes. First Dungeons and Dragons campaign. This is exciting. It is, yeah, we've got several several different ones planned, but this is the first one that has come to light. It's exciting. It's been a great day. It's been a day full of nerds and chili snacks. And snacks. Fuck, we've been snacking. Fuck, we've been snacking. God, damn. One eight hundred. Why are you snacking? <laughs> <laughs> Snack with me. Wow, I, uh... <laughs> it was bold, and I liked it. All right, do we want to, uh... Ready for the recap? Previously on Dungeons with Dudes. Have you ever had a job that's gone south on you? We spent ourselves a fine night at an inn called the Crooked Crow, and after the other lads got a bit into their cups the evening before, we bit a bit of destroying the bar happened. Long story short, we were being sent to the town of... Daggerford. Correct. For a job to help recoup the expenses since someone mysteriously took all of our coin in the night. When we were traveling, there we are, and camped down for the night, we were attacked by bandits, including a very particularly <laughs> dandy and useless <laughs> bandit king. Later that night, fog overtook us and we found ourselves in a mysterious abandoned village. With just two very terrifying children in the street waiting to greet us, and they told us that there was monsters in their house, and that they were kept safe in the attic, and the monsters were... It was strange, okay? (laughs) It was very unusual. But we fell for it. Not a single parent (laughs) anywhere to be found. Not a single parent, except me, anywhere to be found. 
Needless to say, we went into the house, we got trapped inside, did some investigating, fought an enchanted suit of armor, fought a ghost from a corpse that was chopped up and put into a chest. <laughs> and, of course, who can forget, <laughs> fought the broom. The broom had the upper hand for a moment there. <laughs> the broom was bullshit. Really, really swept the floor with him. Oh, Callum, I love you very much. Thank you. It cleaned his clock. Cleaned his clock. <laughs> and now here we are, post-broom fight. <laughs> Continuing on the path of discovering what exactly is wrong with the, the death, death house. house. <laughs> that death was house. excellent. Death house. All right. Excellent. Uh, so, as I'd like to say, we're in it. So, Dave, DM. Dungeon Master, Dave Master, Master Master, take us where we need to go. Blaster Master runs Town. One thing real quick. For all those who played Skyrim before, I have to wonder if we're going to find the Mesa Molag Bow somewhere in the basement here. <laughs> that would be wonderful. Speaking of, oh, then we which have to go floor kill a are clerk? we on? Which yeah, floor did yeah. the broom encounter happen on? This is the third floor. This is third floor. And there's, uh, you pretty much searched everything in the third floor. Oh, yeah, because the last door that we opened was the broom. Was the fucking broom closet. <laughs> and I got fucked up. All right, God so. forbid we actually find a full of brooms, broom closet. You oh may run screaming. The mini boss. Let's go down to the brooms. second floor, then. It's a bunch of mop buckets, too. Right, did we finish going through all the doors here? Yeah, we yes. did. All right. Okay, so we're second floor, then. All right, you guys enter the second floor. So we didn't really... What's the landing of the second floor like? I don't think we really looked. We didn't. Uh, not really. Hole. It was the one that had, if you remember... We it just had... stomped right through. <laughs> you just look up. Fuck that room. Nope. Are we there yet? No. Nope. had the portrait Anything of here? the, the family. The oh, portrait. so this was where those suits of armor were. Yes. The... Oh, okay. So we did look around here a little bit. Yeah, because we searched we these suits of them. armor, and these armors didn't attack us. It was the one on the third We floor didn't actually go up to them either. I did. I went up no, and yeah, No, we one. inspected them. So there is um, two double doors on either side of the hall. Is that it? And then, yes, did they have markings? Were these ones with the markings on the doors, like engraved? I mean, they all pretty much all the doorways have those weird carvings on them. All right, I would like to make an inspection since we've found a couple of secret doors already. I'm going to make a roll to see if there's any other secret doors on this floor. That is a natural twenty. Ooh, you find all zero of the secret doors. Oh, all right, but you did it with precision. But yeah, but but you you looked around there. Those two doors either are, are unlocked. Hello, BK McCartney. Thank you for joining us. That's so who I was waving at earlier. I was like, hello there. <laughs> so there are, Welcome. let's see. Now there are, uh, basically there's a door on our left and a door on our right. Correct? What's that? There's a door on our left and a door on our right. Correct. correct. They're both double both, doors. And both unlocked. We yes. haven't checked them yet. Yeah. No, well, you, so, your search, you notice they're unlocked. Oh, they're okay. Cool. Yeah. We'll okay, so. You, you critted say, your search. I'm going to go over to the left door, and I'm going to go ahead and peer inside. Like, I'm not going to, like, open the door widely or anything. I'm just going to kind of peek my head in a little bit, see if I can see anything. <laughs> Halfling, dwarf, dragonborn, <laughs> <laughs> Goliath. <laughs> yeah, <I don't> <laughs> Wow. Now we've really had them mm. all into slapstick. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we we're totally gonna, did a Scooby-Doo episode on this where we all just... Yeah, when are we, 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 we going to get the nice long hallway of, of doors to like run in and out of? <laughs> run in and out of and like, I'm carrying you. And yeah, just like... like oh, that sounds wonderful. With like the bap, 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 bap in the back. playing for us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, right. Okay, so what's inside this room? All right, uh, cobwebs and dust. 
Again. Oh. <laughs> Riveting. Uh, you notice this is a, uh, con- a conservatory. A conservatory. Lies uh, in like a telescope? No, there's no telescope. That's, a, that's an observatory. Observatory. Uh, observatory is usually planes, there's right? a... It's like a, a very ele- elegantly hall. Elegantly appointed hall. It has like... There's a big brass-plated chandelier that hangs. Still cobwebs and stuff too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's upholstered chairs line the walls and stained glass wall and stained glass wall hangings depict beautiful men, women, and children singing and playing instruments. A harpsichord with a bench rests in the northwest corner. Don't don't punch I'm gonna go it. Play I wanna play it. <laughs> I'm going to Hold on. All right. Hold on. Real quick. Yeah. I want to roll perception and see if there's anything out of the ordinary. I will join. Hello, Lindsay. Thank you for joining us. Hi. It's Lindsay Grabble. <laughs> Lindsay Grabble. <laughs> uh, 12. What the F? It's actually Lindsay Grable, but I like to say Lindsay Nine? Grabble. Nine. <laughs> so you got a 12? Yes. Yeah, I have what are we doing here? Perception, apparently. Percepting? Perception. So. I got to consider me percepting. I uh, have no idea what's going on. <laughs> You've got a rock there, pal. I got a two. Anyone Shut up? your dumb bubble gum ass up. <laughs> Anyone I a, above a 12. I got an 18. Above a 12? Anyone above a 12 notices all those carvings that are like the people and the men and stuff. In the stained glass? Yeah. In, in, yeah. Are actually like well-dressed skeletons. You get some of their like skeletons. Are they spooky? Uh, spooky, scary <laughs> skeletons <laughs> and shit. Okay. Down your spine. Bum, Careful, bum. we're going to get copyright strike. Oh, God. <laughs> that was it. That dings us. It. <laughs> no uh, more paid advertisements <laughs> on this. Not right. anymore. We Damn gotta... it. Jamie, just Could've mute it. Could have monetized on this shit. Other than that, there's really nothing much else. Yeah. Born ass room. Uh, does, so does nobody go up and play the harpsichord? I'd like to. I want to. I'm going to go up and punch the harpsichord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go up sure and you back, back up. up. Straight up like. I believe you and I like, can both play it at no, the same hold, time. Someone hold me back because I'm like rolling up my sleeves. Guard is, like, guard you're, is you're like down on. here. I'm going to punch here. it. I'm looking at I'm going to punch it. I'm going to look at it and go do it. Do it. I bet you won't do it. So what would I need to roll to go up there and play that? You go up there and you pluck the strings. And uh, you're not you're not great with a harpsichord, but whoa, whoa, whoa. but 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 you're not bad. Is a harp or a harpsichord? It's a harp. Harpsichord is like a piano. And I'm good at that. Well, it's a harpsichord. Okay, then it's a like a piano. He's a pianist. Is that all right? Yeah, you're, you're able to play like an easy tune, like chopsticks. I am a world traveler he plays, and a musician. Dude, can you reach oh, okay. The keys? I know how to play this harp. Really okay, can you kill it. Keys? Really quick. You kill really it. quick. Play, <laughs> play me some Moonlight Sonata, please. All right. I don't need to, you, I actually start, you actually start playing through the fire and the flames. <laughs> On a cold winter morning in a time before the light. <laughs> in flames of desert, turn a rain. We ride towards the fire. <laughs> Yeah. Sure you, uh, you sure yeah. you don't need a stool there, short round? No, I got it. I, I'm not. I'm standing. So we're really okay, getting Dr. in Jones. on these copyright infringements, right? Oh, yeah. Jamie, uh, mute that out, too. Thanks. Jamie, pull up Dragon Force dicks. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. So that is the room. All right, so I want to leave this room. I say we okay. I say we leave this room and go back and check out the other room because I don't think there's anything else here. Is there like a closet or anything in here? Nope. 
Nah, we just, just rocked the fuck out noise. in here. So <laughs> if there's anything in here, it would have yeah, came out. Ghosts yeah, just, like our just noise get all the ghosts to throw that shit in a circle. Yeah. <laughs> we just played through the fire and flames. If nothing came to rock out, there's nothing here. We're nothing we nothing we want to see <laughs> yeah. is even here. All right, we, you guys make it to the other room. Uh, it is words. I'm gonna read it. <clears throat> words. Red velvet drapes cover. Yeah. Red velvet, Red drapes. velvet drapes cover the windows of this room. An exquisite mahogany desk Moth- and a matching mahogany. high back chair face the entrance and the fireplace. Yes. Above which hangs a framed picture of a windmill perched atop a rocky crag. Ooh, sword. Use the sword. There's something Situated in, the- in corners of the room are two overstuffed chairs. Floor to, ce- chair. floor to ceiling bookshelves line the south wall. A rolling wooden ladder allows one to move easily reach easily reach the highest. It's like a It's a Beauty and the Beast library kind yeah. of thing, yeah. Overstuffed yeah. chairs. There must be more to this provincial life. Uh, I? Tales all the time. <laughs> wow, okay, <laughs> fuck you, Belle. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> cream cheese. Anyway. Um, so the uh, we do know that they say the carving has a similar um, Picture on the sword. On so the sword, yeah. Let's uh, let's not forget that. I real quick. Go stab the chair. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go up and punch the chair. <laughs> I just want to make sure it's not you gonna punch, attack. Do chairs. a cannonball. You hurt your hand slightly. Do a cannonball. Hurt slightly, like, take one damage slightly, or just. I'm like, going to like, search <laughs> the desk. Dave, can you not read the screen? Drawers and all. What? It's a Dave Dave's glasses. glasses. Yeah, I, I saw were, that. You were squinting at it, so I wasn't sure if that was very accurate. <laughs> I might need glasses. Who knows. Go to the doctor, friend. <laughs> Look at me, a rich man who can go to doctors. <laughs> Ouch, that hurt me though. Um, Fuck, hurt right. me, hurt me right in my. Uh, I I don't know why it hurts. I need to see a doctor. <laughs> um. You said you were going to inspect the desk, right? Yeah, I want to inspect the desk. Right, you drawers. inspect. You inspect the desk. drawers. Everything. Uh, there's a oil lamp sitting on top of it, a jar of ink, a quill pen, a tinder box, and a letter kit containing a red wax candle. Four blank sheets of parchment and a wooden seal bearing the, that crest, that windmill. I'm gonna grab that seal. Yeah. I, uh, inside the desk is empty, but there is a iron... killed Nick. I'm gonna grab that key, too. Oh, hey! There's a key! Good idea. Hey! <laughs> Try that on the door. What would you want me to roll to like check these? I know this is probably a tall order, but to like check the bookshelves to see if I could find like a, a fucking history of this house or something. I know. Um, make me perception. See if you can. Uh, caught me off guard. Twenty. 16, 16 plus four. Twenty. All right. You were looking. Uh, a lot of these books are just your standard, you know, library books. You see one book that stands out, mm-hmm. um, and you get closer and you look. It's not a book at all. It's a, clearly a fake book. I punched the fake book. <laughs> so I, 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 don't, I don't really. Um, all right, I grab the book. I, I, is it like a switch? I grab the book. And the 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 library like sl- the door like slides. When open. the door slides open, I get to a secret room. All secret channel. Sorry, I'm having Young Frankenstein flashbacks. Yeah, I was about to say Young Frankenstein. Put the candle back. Thank you, Frau Blucher. Put me. Frau Blucher. 
I ain't got nobody. <laughs> no, it's Igor. Named after that movie, huh? It's Abby. <laughs> yep. So my dog is named after the show Archer. Oh no! Walk this way. She's a good girl. Is Isis. That? Isis. Okay. All, All right. right. So, um, what is in this secret secret room? In this secret room, there is uh, more bookshelves, uh, packed with like tomes. Oh, fucking delightful! And uh, it, you particularly know. Um, as you kind of inspect, they're like tomes for like, uh, like rituals and like demon summoning rituals. Can I do a religion? Check there's foul, there's foul dark magic in here. Be yeah. careful, everyone. Would uh, making a religion check on that do anything? I'm gonna do perception on the rest of the room. Uh, Arcana. I will make an Arcana check. I might as well do perception on the rest of the room. Nah, it's only a nine. Uh, 12 on the rest of I will do an arcana check. Thank you for joining us, Zach Davidson. I don't know you, but you're my friend now. Hi, yeah. Zach. Hello, Zach. Do an arcana check. Oh, so, what'd you get? That's Natural really 20. Like, 